Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana, and my co-host is Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I want to remind you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web, on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megavoxes, and even concert wear. I know that many times you continue to order your products to the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders. Please give us a chance to win your business. And as many of you know, in addition to our products, we have many videos to help educators in the classroom and on the field. This episode is coming to you from the Midwest Clinic in Chicago, Illinois. I got to sit down with nine different people over the weekend while Bobby was busy actually performing at Midwest and also chaperoning his students. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. Here we are again at the charging station, which I set up as uh, my own personal uh, broadcasting booth here at Midwest. Uh, I get the opportunity to talk, talk with Josh Gall here with uh, with Ultimate Drillbook. And Josh, how you doing? Great, man. It's, uh, it's an exciting day at, here at Midwest, the last day of the exhibits. Uh, it's going really well, so doing well. You guys really stepped up your booth action this year. <laughs> it's pretty sharp. Yeah, we wanted to try a couple of things. You know, we wanted to try to um, make the exhibit hall not only for people trying to sell or sort of schlep things around, we wanted to provide an opportunity for people to continue to learn. And so we had some, uh, we've had eight clinics that'll be here. So with people like Bob Cresty, Frank Troika, Brian Christian, awesome. uh, a ton of others. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about UDB and, and kind of the story behind it. Yeah. So uh, Ultimate Drill Book was started in 2010 by my brother and myself, Luke Gall. Um, actually, shortly after he came back from being a member of the U.S. Army All-American Marching Band. And, um, you know, we sort of just figured that there had to be a better way to learn and clean drill. Both of us, um, you know, are band kids and now professional band kids, as we like to say. Our dad was our band director. Uh, so we started working on this thing um, in 2010 and then sort of advanced into... Uh, you know, okay, let's create a dot book that's really durable that drum corps can use. Let's create a drill book that we can sort of connect with Pyware, which is exciting. Um, and then that sort of advanced into starting to develop an app that uh, we're now a few years into, which is exciting. I actually um, forgot that the dot book came before the app. Yeah. Because I remember working with uh, cadets used it one yeah. year. And um, that was interesting because it was the first... Uh, totally waterproof yeah. and you could erase it. I don't know how you guys did that, right. but well, yeah, we, we, we found, um, a paper, a paper manufacturer that created, uh, this really sort of unique paper that we then sort of can learn. We learned how to treat it a certain way so that it was still waterproof, tear proof. You know, you could write on it, erase on it, you know, and our goal was if it can make it through a drum course summer, chances are it could probably make it through a high school season. So, yeah, yeah. Those are really cool. But the app is, the app is so awesome. Thanks man. It's, it's exciting. We're, we're excited about sort of what it's become and sort of where it's heading, hopefully. I've had the opportunity to teach with the app and um, just the, the the seamless integration with Pyware is really cool because, um, you know, the drill writer makes a change and then you, you're not asking students to re-download things and to re redo their books and to re... It's like they open up their app and it's already changed in their app. Right, right. That's so cool. Thanks, man. It's, it's exciting. You know, we... 
you know, as I said, look, both Luke and I are teachers and we come from a teaching background. And so we sort of understand what what being in a two hour rehearsal feels like, you know, and like, OK, these are the things that have to happen and they have to happen quickly, efficiently. So how can we do that? You know, and certainly our integration with Pyware is a huge part of that. Um, and, you know, we just we've been working on trying to build an educational tool that the teachers like using and they like their kids having access to, you know, in and out of rehearsal. What do you say to the, the band director that says, well, I don't want my students to have phones on them at rehearsal? Because I know that that's probably the biggest barrier to, to, to sales, I would think, is because if you look at the app and, and the cost of the app, it's like a no brainer. Right? right. Right. So just just being like, well, I don't know if I want my kids. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the very first thing that I say and I always qualify that I'm a full time teacher, you know, and um, as I say, look, you know, from one colleague to another, if you're worried about the kids sort of having time to mess around on their phone, then you should probably look at the rehearsal pacing, you know, because there's probably an issue elsewhere. Um, so I hear them, you know, we hear them, we want to help address that, but we sort of try to encourage them to look, develop a protocol that every time you set up a new set, the kids have 30 or 45 seconds worth of stuff to do now that they have more information in the app. Because uh, the reality is, is that otherwise, if they just have a coordinate sheet, then they just sit there and wait for somebody to tell them that they're right or wrong. Sure. But now with the app, they can also, they can practice their direction changes. They can look at their step size. They can look at their crossing counts. They can look at the music. So it sort of, it should help them occupy their time. And the thing that we hear from program after program is, look, my kids are actually enjoying the drill setting process now because they're not guessing as much, you know, or they can see what it's a curved path. And if there's a big follow the leader, it doesn't take us 15 minutes to teach it. Now it's the kids just watch it. They do it once or twice and then we're on to the next set. So uh, we sort of sort of talk them through what we think are their concerns and then sort of show them how the what the solutions are. You know, there is something else that we've built in, actually. Uh, so it's a feature called Smart Access for people who are really concerned about that. Um, and that'll launch this coming year where a director can enable Smart Access, which means the kids can only access the drill if they're in airplane mode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and if, right. they, if they come out of airplane mode, then it kicks them out of the drill. So, you know, we, we really have just That's built that. That's actually an interesting solution. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so we, we've, we've built that because we hear people say, you know, that's their concern. And so we say, look, well, either way, you know, there's a solution for you within the app. But we just we want you guys to have more more information. We want the kids to have more information. And what we do know, what we all know is that the kids aren't studying their coordinate sheet at home. But if they can watch the drill two times on the bus on the way to school or on the way to the show or whatever it is, you know, and just sort of continue to engage with it, you know, then that's really cool. Yeah. And, and a lot of drum corps will, you know, you'll be able to look at a kid in the eye and say, what are your coordinates here? And without looking down, they can tell you a lot of times. And in the high school realm, even at the level that, that my group is at, if I say, what's your coordinate, you can see this look of panic and they're like, two question mark. Like, yeah, no, no, nope, nope. nope. I just zoomed <laughs> in on this and it's actually not. Right, two, right, so. right. Yeah. Well, and we want the kids to sort of have ownership over it. You know, I mean, that's that's how they're going to sort of excel at a higher level sort of across the board. And so if the kids are like, yeah, actually, I'm right between B7 and B9, you know, like I cross the yard line on count six, you know, or I've got a larger step size this set, you know, those those are the kinds of things that now the kid where at least we're hearing from you know, directors like that they take that kind of ownership because there's more information for them to engage with and whatever's most important to them, they're going to remember as opposed to just a coordinate, which is really a lot of letters and numbers. I mean, it's sort of just like this GPS thing. It's like, I stand here, but I don't really know how I got here. I don't know where I'm going, you know, those and in the app, you can step backward 
a few steps in the previous set and then a few steps forward into that. And you can kind of watch, watch as it goes through those, you know, through the direction, which I really like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that it shows the pathway, I think, um, you know, is really important because at least for us at the university where I teach every day, you know, one of the things that's part of our protocol is when they go set up that next set, once they've seen, you know, what the animation looks like, once they see if it's a you know larger step size, smaller step size, is they should pr- start practicing their direction change. Cause we all know that that's where, everything breaks down you know so if they can practice the mechanics of the direction change practice doing that at the tempo you know um you know of the of the literature that they're marching at that point you know then that's all cool and then they they've built that into their their rehearsal protocol and it's one less thing that you have to like do millions of reps on with the full band later very cool yeah i noticed that uh bands of america summer symposium you had a list of all of the new features that, that had come out like what are those brainstorming sessions like? Because every one of them, I was like, oh, yeah, I would use that. That's right. awesome. <laughs> well, you know, so Luke and I, um, as you can imagine, I mean, this is just like with any other educator. You're like, man, I just wish that we had a thing that did this this way. You know? Yeah. And so I think we're we're fortunate because now we're at a point where we can start to build some of those things, you know. And so we we all know that like every program had like the, one of the pain points is attendance like something like not even related to the show that you get judged on but like dealing with attendance and so we said well what, what if there was a way that we could take attendance and actually use the kids phones that has the drill on it you know the music on it and use their gps location and so we sort of you know, I'm sure one night at 4 a.m., you know, we're sort of delusional and like <laughs> yeah. you know, we've got our, our, our whiteboards all over the office. And so we start to sort of, you know, dream up these ideas. Uh, so it's cool. But, you know, a lot of it comes from people like you who are like, man, like, I just wish that there was a way that we could we say, actually, give me a couple months and like and we'll make it happen. But, you know, and then we work with people to like say, well, how would you want that? To, like, What would you want that to look like or how would that function? And, and so that that's sort of what's gotten us where we are. And one of the things that's really important to us is that people feel like they're part of this with us because they say like that features in there because of me or you know or whatever it might be so we we take a lot of um pride in people feeling like they're part of like this family you know with mm-hmm. us well we don't do any advertising on this podcast and just to let everybody know i s- sought you out at your booth to try to get you over here to talk with me just because i believe in the product and um i just want to make sure everybody knows about it i'm sure they do by now but we're working on it i mean we're you know we're Coming to a Midwest, coming to TBA, Team EA, like certainly helps. Um, but, you know, the next big step for us is starting to go out to all of the other MEAs, you know, so go to Florida and Virginia and Ohio and Indiana. You know, I mean, Illinois like, is a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it's making, this, uh, making as many connections in person with people as possible because it's easy, especially with, you know, we're all sort of used to scrolling through Facebook and you see 50 ads and like you don't really click on them. So if we advertise and somebody doesn't, you know, we're just a logo that they're like, yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Unless they really click on it or go to our website, they're they're not going to sort of know as much as we think that they we would love for them to know. But you know, that's why we try to sponsor as many like drum corps as possible because those kids are going to go and teach their high schools. And so we 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 sort of had a a grassroots approach to things so far. You know, and and what that does, we feel like is helps people be involved in the process and if they can be a believer because they actually like the product versus us paying for advertising space on Facebook that's a lot more meaningful to us so that's sort of been our focus but we're we're ready to sort of expand a little bit and just sort of see see how we can continue to spread the word but I mean growth has been good you know we uh, this 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 past August we hit a hundred thousand users which was exciting Very for cool. us yeah. you know um, so we are you know we're frantically trying to build the next thing that can support 
hopefully continued growth. But it's a it's a. Now, do you uh, do a lot of the coding yourself? Or? Uh, I do none of the coding. None of the coding, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, Not Luke uh, either? No, so he and I, uh, we we first sort of design and sort of think through the UX, the user experience, right? And so what feature do we want? How would that work? Uh, and then we both do quite a bit of like graphic design, so we can mock it up, you know, and like create it in Photoshop. And then we have a development team who we've worked with now for a number of years who we can send that to them and then they make that idea happen on a phone or a tablet yeah. so awesome yeah that that is not something that we <laughs> that's not a vocabulary that we have yeah that's <laughs> tough you gotta bring in the big guns for that <laughs> right right yeah right, yeah well, well you know, they're specialists yeah. at that yeah. we want to be specialists at teaching or whatever so that sure. allows us to sort of focus on on the, the pedagogical side and then they can focus on the the coding side yeah well, from a teaching standpoint, I, I can't say my favorite thing about the app in, in the, um, you know, the teaching mode, not necessarily a student mode, is yeah. what, when I walk up to a student and I, I tap their number and it pops up everything. Yeah. There's no, like, give me a second to read this, this drill chart and tell you where I think you're supposed to be. Count over and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. things are happening too fast on the field these days for sure, that. Sure. And, and the box doesn't wait for the field to, you know. To, to look up that information. So what I really like about it is I walk up to Susie and I'm like, what's your number? F7. Boom. You should be two off. You're one right now. Right, right. And it's really quick. That's so, cool. Yeah. That. And actually one of the new features also, well, um, when you tap on a performer as a director or staff, is their name and picture will pop up now. Too. Oh, cool. So um, that that means that there will probably be less creative nicknames now yeah. given to people. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, we're excited about that because you as a teacher will go, you know, uh, Susie, you're two off. Frank, you're three off. You know, That's like, great. So they're naming their picture. And that, that comes we, from their profile. So like a director doesn't have to like. We had 50 that. baritone players this year. And I, <laughs> I, even at the end of the season, I, I guarantee I didn't know all of their names. Right. So right. That's, that a, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of bass claps in one yeah, place. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks Josh. And uh, yeah. where do you want people to find you on the internet? Uh, so, I mean, ultimatedrillbook.com um, is our sort of landing page. That's where everything sort of lives for us. You can learn about uh, Ultimate Dot Book, Ultimate Drill Book, uh, and then, of course, UDB app. Uh, you can certainly find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we try to do a good bit of um, sort of community work in, face in sort of the Facebook land. So we've got a users group, which is pretty active uh, with current teachers and, and students from around really the world now, which is exciting. Um, but we're pretty active in those areas, and we try to put a lot of our educational materials, especially on Facebook. So that's, that's probably where we would send people just to sort of be able to follow us. would be great. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Have man. a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. So here we are at the charging station that I've kind of taken over here before my <laughs> place. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to get kicked out of here, but <laughs> i got to get another interview here. I'm with John Fannin, longtime friend of mine from Kentucky. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. How's your show going? Really well, really well. This morning was really busy and seeing old clients and new clients and people just, you know, get a chance to really teach people sometimes as well. So it's been really fun so far. So for those of those uh, listeners who haven't heard of you yet, which is unlikely, but tell them a little bit about uh, what your website is and, and what you offer. Sure. You know, we, we provide complete concept series shows, which is sort of the thing we've done the last 
four or five years and we, we partner with a bunch of costuming uh, places and prop designers and so we, we have shows, we have everything included in it. So in-house we do all the arranging or composition, wide range of things that are original, public domain and some copyrighted things as well. We have all that licensing figured out that and we have flags and costuming and props and really storylines so that your drill writer or our drill writers can go through and there's a, it's well thought out moments in the show. Uh, different effects uh, and you know down to where we have uh, body movement for each show uh, flag work you can do custom body work and flag work it, it's all a la carte and every module you want including sound design uh, and so uh, we, we have everything in one place every show is really tight and uh, it people have really liked it it's a it's a, you know a lot of brains have been on it we even have a signature series by Scott Coder who everybody in the world knows Scott's work with the Cavaliers in Santa Clara the last couple of years. And he's got, he's taken my team through his drum corps process. And we've got about six shows in the Scott Coder signature series, which is the complete concept series, plus Scott's program coordinator. And you actually, if, part, if you buy one of those shows, you, you send Scott a video and he'll give you some feedback mid-season on how you're doing. So that's great. And of course, we added Rosie Queen last year, which is one of your great yeah. colleagues at Carmel. She's awesome. Yeah, and so we've we've, we've really uh, partnered with her and Band Shop and FX Florence Designs with, with her concept series. It's all just like the, the complete concept series, but Rosie designed all these things and mm -hmm. taking Mike Post's beautiful music, and um, it's 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 been great, really great. Bands have really dug it. What I really like about what you guys do is the quality. Um, you know, we don't do any ads on on our podcast, and so. You know, when people are listening to this, they know that you're not paying me to say this. I, I, I really love the quality of the music and, you know, the storyboard thing is very cool too, but I think, you know, marching band is essentially band, right? First, we have to think music first and the quality of the compositions that, that and the composers that you have is, is what, what I really love about working with your, you know, I wrote drill to one of your pieces last year and, um, just the music just laid down perfectly for what I wanted to do visually. And um, you don't always see that. Sometimes it's kind of thrown together or maybe they weren't meant to match. And you guys do a great job of that. Thank you. So. Well, you know, Matt Hightower is one of our main composers and Mike Pote, great talents. And of course I'm writing. And a lot of times some of our shows, it's a combination of Matt will write a chunk and then I'll write a chunk. And, and so I think one of the things that, that's sort of fun about our music is that you listen to a composer and you can sort of hear, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Um, sometimes, because we're using multiple writers on the same show, you get sort of fresh sounds throughout the show. And um, and so we're really proud of that. And uh, I uh, thank you for the compliment. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I remember when you had just a teeny tiny booth here at Midwest. Now your booth is, is beautiful. Um, I also remember when, you know, you were just kind of trying to figure things out uh, business-wise. But um, because... Dynamic Marching started about the same time, and uh, I went over to your booth the other day, and I was I was looking at the kind of the storyboard that went with the show. The artwork is so professional and and beautiful, and it's like you're you're kind of like reading about what your show is going to be. I think that's really cool. You know, and that's the really great thing is finding these great artists. I could I, I couldn't sketch any of these things out. I'm finding really talented people who can sketch these things out and. And uh, I think that really, as we're trying to conceptualize the show, we're always trying to think about the organic. We talked about the music just a second ago, but then trying to get that visual connect, you know. And so many times that art 
is, you know, what, what people are looking for a show, you go, oh, the, the title, they see that art and they start to listen to the music and they go, oh, yeah, I can see how these things connect. And that's what, you know, that's what general, the, the, the genesis of general fact, you know. So so it's, I'm quite grateful to have found so many great artists and, and designers to be part of my team. It takes a village to put a show together. And the nice thing for what we've been doing is you get that team all included and they've already met and done all those things so if you can't afford a really sorry this sounds a little bit like an ad but but if you can't afford a big staff this has the staff has already met and put it together for you and in each show there's customization and you can put your own spin on it as well whenever i talk to young band directors you know they're they're like who should i hire to do the music and who should i hire to do the drill and who should i and i'm like well none of that you know, right now you need to teach really well and get your fundamentals down and you need to get a show that you know is going to work. And so I don't know how many young teachers you've talked to about that, but don't spin your wheels trying to do everything and design everything just because you came from programs where that happened. You know, if you, if you march at Carmel High School or Avon, maybe you get your first band director gig and you're like, you know, here's what we what our directors did. So I need to do that. And I, I think there there needs to be a fair amount of time before you tackle something like that yeah i think young teachers are want to get in they're so excited to be part of the design process but it's sort of like in skating the thing we never see in skating competitions is the compulsories where you have to know the basics and that's even part of the score what in marching band until you can march and play well you designing a really cool fresh innovative show shouldn't be on the plate you got to work on the compulsories and so i i I totally agree with you and as i'm working with young directors we're we're really trying to work on that matter of fact mike has created a really good sound we've got a a, a called called process that has some really good things that you guys yeah 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 yeah, that you guys use at carmel every day it's exercises you guys use every day and so we're going to come out actually with a whole line of of basic concepts that you know from a sound design and exercises and things that connect to our shows as well um, it's the things that you guys do each day at Carmel. I think that's important. And, that the and I focus like the way he uh, uh, incorporates parts of the specific show that somebody's going to be doing within that. You know, here here's a, a difficult technique area and here's an exercise that would help you with that. Yeah, I mean, the book says, you know, movement to these measures. Here's an exercise yeah. to, to get better at this. So when Mike called me about it, I said, well, this is brilliant. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, but I think the focus, you know, I was talking to Scott Coder about general effect one time, you know, just sitting around talking batting it around and you know we both said you know it's about 85 90 percent sounding and looking good and then the design comes into play because you know if you watch the blue devils this year listen to the blue devils the the basics were great whether you got the story or not or dug the design their their fundamentals were impeccable and you know that's that's why we like to watch those you know the great drum corps and great marching bands is the fundamentals that's where it all starts yeah so where can people find you and, uh, you know, on the social media, on the websites? Can you give everybody uh, what, what your address is? Sure. It's just, just johnfantamusic.com or if you typed in Phantom Music, it'll redirect. And we're, we're all over the Internet. And, uh, you know, we got a great website. And if you email me at john at Phantom Music, I will respond usually within the same day. You want some samples or just kick around some ideas. And if you're having trouble finding a show you're liking, tell me a little, email me your, your taste and I'll direct you to some shows. So you don't have to sift through the bunches of shows. That's awesome. Well, thanks for being here on the program, and I wish you the best of luck. Jeff, thank you for being a great and, partner all and, these years. And congratulations on your recent retirement as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to only having one full-time yeah. job at FMP, not so, Murray State Marching Band Director yeah. and FMP's owner. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. All right. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm still at Midwest, still sitting at the charging station, which uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be there here and do this right now, but I'm doing it. There so we go. I'm sitting down with Bob Cresty. Bob, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So you're here doing a number of things. I know you're, you're here. It's been with, a very busy Midwest, absolutely. which is a good thing. So I, I, you gave a little clinic yesterday at the UDB booth. Yep. Or was that this morning? Uh, this morning, yeah, yeah. 10 a.m. So I, I thought maybe um, a couple of those things I really would, would love for you to share with our audience. Please, first, cool. t- tell everybody about you. Um, I am a now retired band director. I taught for 16 years in Texas, uh, all of that in high school. Um, I, I'm just very lucky with all the teachers I've had over the years growing up in the Houston area, um, going to Westfield High School and then the University of Houston, Sam Houston State. and eventually uh, did the blast for a little while, marched with the cadets, um, taught at a number of drum corps, um, starting my teaching career at Carolina Crown. I've also taught Santa Clara Vanguard, the cadets, and now I'm on the brass staff with the Bluecoats. Who are they? I'm just kidding. Close to <laughs> the Beatles. We're almost the Beatles. That's quite a resume, Bob. I'm, I'm really impressed. Thanks. Um, so uh, one of the things that you've been doing lately, uh, we have benefited from at Carmel a lot, and that's you, you create these click tracks. So yes. tell everybody about that, because I know that most people don't use them. Yeah, in, in I, I think I'm sort of in a niche market with some of the things that I try to offer people um, because they don't know they exist. And so it's, it's really fun trying to convince people, and they're like, what is that? But click tracks is something that in 2007, when I was an assistant director at Cedar Park High School, our ballad that year was WC's Claire de Lune, and there's lots of rubato because that's not a piece that needs to be metronomic. And um, our drum majors, they were great kids and great musicians, but they're not necessarily going to be consistent with the rubato every time. And in the world of marching band, we need, we need that consistency. And so myself and Jeremy Spicer, we sat down and we're like, okay, how can we make this easy? Because we had the finale files that, that our arranger had sent to us. And we're like, what can we do? What can we do? And so we just started playing around. We're like, well, what if we make a metronome in finale? And so we started playing around with different ideas and we tried to basically create a sound so that all of the, the push and pull, the retards, the achels, the immediate tempo changes, all of that stuff was built into the finale file. And then we could export it as an MP3. And then we would just sort of chop up the MP3 to create wherever the different sets um, occurred at. So we could start anywhere in the production. And then all the drum major had to do was conduct along with quote unquote the metronome, which was the click track. And it would be the exact same thing every single time so that the students just knew exactly what the push and pull was, was going to be. And so we could, we could pull it back as much till it got to a point where we felt it was natural rather than having to tell the drum major, no, do more, no, 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 that's too slow, or, or pull it back more than that. And instead it was just the same thing every single time. And so that's when that whole world really kind of got started was in 2007. And then over time, we figured out how to be more productive, how to make the tracks faster, make different sounds to getting to a point where they, they occur right now. So then what is a click track? Well, it's um, you can do that either with a click only, and that's usually when the band would play along with, or you would have it the click and the music playing, where you can use it if the, you want the winds to do like air and fingers, or if you're just wanting to focus on visual cleaning or anything like that. And one of the great things about it is from the very first time that you learn a page of drill, like when you go out at the beginning of summer band, you're like, all right, kids, set up in page one. Go set up page one. All right, kids, go set up page two. And they set up page two. All right, go back to page one, turn and face page two. On that very first rep, the music is playing along. 
I and love so they, that. So the kids can start. Yeah. yeah, the kids can start understanding the relationship to to where they're at in the music. Your color guard or dance uh, designers, choreographers, can start thinking about what they want to do right away because it's not just going through and it's like, well, where are we in the music? Page one, they may get it. By the time you're at page 17, you're learning, okay, where are we in the music? What's happening? Instead, well, we have a click track playing, so the music is always playing and it, it makes it easier for the kids' retention. It makes them easier for them. When you want to start adding music and you're in the middle of a song somewhere, get a couple reps with a click track of air and fingers only so the kids know where they're at. And then kids, take a peek at your music. Cool. All right, let's play it. And it, the, the retention and how quickly we can move along because the kids can relate it to something other than just a metronome. And an, another great tool it's, it's good for is, uh, you know, color guard designers often would say, hey, can the band, can they make us a recording? And then it's like, oh, we don't have time or something along the lines of that. Um, and then usually when traditionally color guards uh, will rehearse, they'll start somewhere before the music and you kind of wait for it to roll back around and then five, six, seven, eight, here we go. Um, with click tracks, you can start at any page. You get eight clicks, and away you go, and the music plays. Um, and then one of the last things is for front ensembles, because they're often taught to listen back to the drums or listen back to the metronome or listen back to the winds if there's no drums playing. When you're using a click track um, that has the wind music playing behind them, all of that is there for them, and so it's a great practice technique uh, or practice tool for them to be able to use um, and it, instead of just a basic metronome all the time, because the metronome is playing along with the music. Takes a little bit of um, pressure off drum majors too, because Absolutely. all they do is they choose the number of the set they're starting on, yep. and they're never going to screw that up. Yep. They're never going to start the wrong tempo. Yeah, just got to make sure the iPads charged. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's, That's why we have one. two of them right. usually in the back of the field. <laughs> yeah, in and waterproof I, and I, cases. And, I, and I'm grateful for for a program like like Carmel and the relationship with you, Jeff, to uh, to uh, have, have worked with them for the last few years. Oh, we love it. So what else did you talk about at your clinic this morning? Um, a couple other things we talked about is, is in, in the world of just cleaning drill, just trying to, to be more efficient and not waste time with different things. One of, one of the things that I thought was important that I, I think a lot of people overlook, which is an easy thing to do, is um, just simply doing all of your fundamentals only at the, the tempos that you need. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, say your opener's at 160 and your ballad's at 72 and your closer's at 180, and then that happens to be your show. And then, you know, at the beginning of rehearsal that day, all right, kids, let's set up a block or do something. And, you know, we're going to work on our, on our you know, marching basics and turn the metronome on to 120. And then they're doing fine, maybe. And it gets to a point, all right, cool, let's, let's go set it up in the drill. And then the kids look completely different because they're now going 180 beats a minute. And you tell them, no, just, just relate to what we were doing earlier. Well, that was 60 beats slower. Your body feels a whole lot different between 120 and 180. So just getting used to doing all of your tempos or, or doing all of your fundamentals, both musically and visually, at the tempos you need. And, and there's no need to, if, if 120 is not in your show, don't do it. Just do do what you need and be as efficient as possible with your time. Even the first week? When you introduce the concept, it may have to be slow, but once you got it, just go. And, and one of the stories I told in my clinic earlier today was in 2010 with Cedar Park. Um, we went to Grand Nationals for the first time and we did Eric Whitaker's Equus. And the last minute of it was at 200 beats a minute, which is not normal for most high schools and so on day one of summer band uh, we at the very end of rehearsal we told them hey we're going to introduce a new exercise to you it's called happy fun time and so the kids were like oh yeah this is gonna be cool this could be fun because it was the end of rehearsal and they were already tired and we're like 
So we would just did uh, across the field, forward march across the field, and they didn't really understand technique or anything. It was just, it was terrible because it was day one. And we did, all right, we're going to do this at like 144 beats a minute. And then go across and they're like, okay. And it's, it's really bad because it's day one. And then 160 and then 172 and then 180. And then we worked our way up all the way to 216 on day one. And the kids had no idea what they were doing. It was, it was, you know, it was not point. It was pointless in the sense that there was no technique or anything like that, but we just wanted them to know we have to get them moving fast. This is where and we need was, to get to. And it was a priority. And so, you know, the whole thing about tricking your brain and we tried to get that over the season, we, we did a lot of work at 216, which it was close, but the fact that we only had to go 200, just how, what the, the trick that plays on your brain is like, oh, this is easy. Mm-hmm. And 200 beats a minute is not easy, but compared to 216, it sure is. Yeah, that's, our, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely ran into that this season. We had a lot of young members and it was difficult turning up the metronome. You know, you, you know, you get to mid-October and you're like, I got to get this up to 185, you know, and but there's enough young students that, you know, pushed back against that by not being yeah, able to achieve. So it was the, tough. It's the willingness to let it be bad for a while because you're not trying to win the contest at the beginning of September. You're trying to do well at the end of October or into, into early, middle November. That's when, that's when it matters. And so it's okay to let things be bad for a while. That's why we don't stop rehearsing once we get to September because it's, it's a process. And so um, the earlier we work on the process, just like you start working on your, your drill and your music in August, knowing what it needs to be at the end, we'll start working on the, the, the things that you need to do earlier on, especially tempo-wise, just get them used to it because there, there has to be that comfort level with them. Sure, yeah. I'm definitely going to put that right. in next year. Happy fun time. Happy fun especially time. Especially that first time they're like, oh, this is going to be cool. <laughs> just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> what else did you talk about? Um, one of the things is is on the drill writer side of things, and I do some of that on the side, and, and I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great drill writers um, work with the, the schools that I've been involved with and and I, I sort of give them the the non-negotiables of drill design and and sometimes they listen to it and sometimes they don't I would uh, maybe 90% of the time they listen to it and so that means I only have to change a handful of pages to compensate for the other 10% but uh, you know kind of the the non-negotiables for me when when I talk to my drill writers and again sometimes they li- most of the time they listen is uh, number one, just use the grid. It's there for a reason. You know, oftentimes I've seen a lot of drill riders where they just want to make a straight line and we got 20 people and it needs to go from, from here to here. And, you know, it ends up so that the interval is like 2.08943, whatever. It's, it's like, can we just make it a two-step interval? It doesn't have to be symmetrical. It, it really doesn't. No judge is going to say, well, I, I would have given you another tenth if it was centered on the 50-yard line. Nobody cares. They just want it to look good. And so just using the grid and the awareness. Um, but the thing is, a lot of the great drill writers, they write for so many schools, they may not necessarily all take the time to do all that. But then it just creates more work for us as the teacher. And so just being aware of those kinds of things is, is great. Um, By the way, there was an interval not on the grid this year that, that Gaines used with us that um, I've never used. I don't know why. But it was on the tick marks, oh, on the one-yard marks. At, I've done those before yeah, because like, there's a visual reference yeah, for the kids. Yeah, it was perfect. And when we saw the drill chart, we were like, what is this interval? Yeah. 
And then it became clear the minute they stood on the field, they're like, oh, yeah. obviously that's. I, I, had, a, I had a school yeah. this year um, in El Paso that their very first set was similar to that. But instead of trying to get them, to, it was a long straight line, a few steps off the front sideline. Um, and I was like, why don't we just use the tick marks? Because they're right there. They're going to be on every field they're ever on. And so we did it was a uh, we did a one and a half yard interval just to start the first page. And so they could set it up and so that the inner spacing would be great, right, to start the show right across the front. And so using using those reference points, I know one of uh, uh, Leon Mays and Andy Ebert's favorite is the on boom, boom on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's is that? An, an interval. It's uh, I believe it's one and two thirds yards. And so it's like you have someone on a yard line, and then two people in the middle. And, and so it's just the, the on boom, oh, boom okay. on. That's and awesome. I think technically it's two and two-thirds steps and one and two-thirds yards is the, the equivalent breakdown of that. But, but yeah. it's easier just to explain it, one boom, boom, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so doing things like that. So um, other non-negotiables is 90-degree slides. I can't stand 90-degree slides. The kids don't look good. There's a bunch of tension in their body, so they can't breathe right, and be, so they can't do that. They don't sound good. And so the, the answer to that is just put it on some kind of, of gentle slide rather than you know, straight across the field for 16. Go you know, forward four and across for 16. Just something so that it's a little bit more comfortable for the student. Um, maybe it's, it's sometimes okay if you're not playing and your horns are down or a lot of times what a lot of groups now are doing or they just go down to a trail and it's a little easier uh, to get the shoulders around um, on, on something like that. But while you're playing, please, please, please try to avoid 90 degree slides because it's just not going to look or sound as good as it could and and really if, if we bring a block forward four more steps is that going to be that huge of a deal in the design side of things not necessarily uh, but for the achievement side of things i think it can be very beneficial yeah i agree with that we had a, a number of opportunities this year where uh, it kind of wished it wasn't so 90 degrees yeah. you know it's like straight across the field great for ever yeah no no, thanks. No. Um, another one that I see a lot of and it is challenging, especially for schools that don't have a lot of staff, is mid-set direction changes. And that often happens when you have this big, pretty, curvilinear follow-the-leader form, and you'll see people kind of going all around. But there, there's several intersection points where a student would have to switch from a forward march to a backward march oh, in like, the middle of a set. Like a really short follow-the-leader kind of? Yeah, well, even if it's like a 24-count follow-the-leader, but it's a, it's a big, curvilinear form where the kids have to switch from marching forward to the backwards somewhere in the middle of a set. And, and you tell the kids to figure it out on your own, on their own, but then you have like multiple kids like changing at the same time and it doesn't look right and things like that. And so if, if you have a bunch of staff, you could go around and you say, all right, I want one tech over there, one tech over there, one tech over there. Tell the kids what count they have to do their direction changes on. And the kids are trying to do the best they can with all of that. Um, but once you tell them that, the staff, whoever's on the tower, isn't going to know if everybody's doing it right all the time. It's like, well, I hope they get it right. And it takes a lot of extra time to just do that. So creating, if you really want to do some of those big curvilinear, follow the leader things, get them into a, a way so that they, the, the forward to back change doesn't happen as much. And it's more side to side, big curvilinear. So they can basically just march forward all the way around it because it, it's going to look better and when they're they're more comfortable visually they have the opportunity to play their instruments better as well i want to add a, a rule to your rules there yeah. which is don't rotate circles it's, it's uh, so that, especially hard to the clean. back the backward oh 
yeah. you know, a circle of like eight, ten people rotating on the field is always going to look like an egg. Yep. Somebody's always <laughs> going to uh, direction change at the wrong time. Yep. It, can't do it. No more. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, either that or j- just follow, like face the direction you're going. And it's a lot easier to do when you're not playing. Yeah. So yeah. just from a, a musical balance side of things. Let's give, give us one more tip. Well, the, the, the two other things that we, we talk about is, uh, well, on the non-negotiables, is just step sizes. Please, please, please be reasonable. I, what I basically say is forward, don't go bigger than a 6 to 5. Backward, don't go bigger than a 7 to 5. Are there exceptions to the rule? Yes. But 98, 99% of the show, please try and keep it within that. And obviously, if you want to have like a jazz run feature, something along the lines of that during a percussion break, cool, makes sense, it's effective, it's interesting to watch, it, it, it breaks up uh, everything else that's going on, and so it can add a lot of frenetic energy, which could be cool to the show. But generally, please try to do that, because there's, there's a lot, again, it, it looks really cool on Pyware, and then you have, you know, your, your you know, four foot 11 freshman clarinet kid trying to do this you know four and a half to five backwards while playing like 16th and eighth note runs and it's just not gonna happen do you remember the first time we ever cleaned drill together was it the cadets was it 2016 yeah and we had to change a mellophone's dot the first day yes because she was like i remember that five foot two and it was a four to five while playing not like not gonna work that's not gonna it's not gonna work so yeah the the these are what I, I recommend to my drill writers. Yeah. And again, I said they follow most of it, but I guess the last thing then, just the willingness to edit the drill. Yeah. And um, it, it's just Band looking for those things. are afraid to send drill back. In my, in my experience, they're afraid to say this isn't good enough or this isn't good for our group. Um, I think band directors shouldn't be afraid. Absolutely. And, and the more that band directors can educate themselves on either the drill software or music notation software um, so that just do things in-house because drill writers are super busy. They're on a much more expedited timeline than your wind arrangers and percussion arrangers are and they have the same number of groups. Like oftentimes like your, your best wind arrangers and your best drill writers all have the same number of programs they're writing for and that the same level of expectation of, of quality but the drill writers have about a third to a fourth of the time to get it all done so when you send stuff back it, it just makes it harder on everyone so if the directors you know just start educating yourself on some some basic things i think it could be really helpful yeah and then that you can go in yourself and edit if absolutely. it's something easy we did that a number of times this yep. year so yep. don't absolutely. tell michael yeah <laughs> oh he doesn't mind right. <laughs> Bob, thanks sure. for sitting down with me and, and talking to our audience. Absolutely. Where, where can people learn more about your click tracks and, and that sort of thing? Uh, my company is BC Band Solutions. You can go there at uh, BC Band Solutions, plural, dot net, not dot com. I don't think that exists, but dot net. I'm on there. Email address is just bcbandsolutions at gmail.com. Um, I, I have a Twitter. I don't really do a lot on there. And I, I think there's an Instagram. I may have an Instagram. I don't know, but. I, I do have a Facebook page. You can find me on there. But, yeah, website, Facebook, email, those are the best ways. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Jeff.